double-digit lead. Minnesota takes the lead late in the game, and then it takes a game-winning drive in the last seconds. A a last-second play, four seconds left, and a connection from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown gets the Lions their first win in almost a year. And, And look, I think that in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't mean a whole lot. It doesn't mean a whole lot. But the fact of the matter is they were able to finally, finally get off the schneid here. They were able to put together a game plan that worked. It it sure helped that Adam Thielen went out early with an injury. It certainly helped that Aaron Glenn's defense played pretty well today. You know, but, but, that half of the ball is one thing. And do they need more playmakers on defense? Absolutely. Do they need a pass rush? Hello, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, yep, they sure do. I I think that that side of the ball needs some TLC. They need some love. They need some attention paid to that side of the ball because they need players. But on the offensive side of the ball, things that you just can't have happen happened again today, and it almost cost them again. Jared Goff with two fourth-quarter turnovers. One interception, I don't know where he was throwing the ball to. I mean, was just staring T.J. Hawkinson down the barrel of the field, and boom, picked off. Didn't see the the corner coming from the other side, the nickel. And then just loosey-goosey with the football. That, that, that is Jared Goff's M.O. It has seemed so far this year. Really careless with the football. But today, it didn't hurt them. Today, they were able to make it work. Today, that little dig route in the end zone, Amon Ross St. Brown game over lines win it. But it just felt like one of those all too familiar situations that we've been in, even at points this year. The three games that we lose on last play, you know, last uh, last play of the game uh, situations, where we've been on the losing end of that three times this year. Today, the Lions got it done. It was at least refreshing because as much as they gave that thing away, as much as it just felt like they didn't want it again, uh, they kind of did what the Dan Campbell, uh, you know, preseason talked about the whole bite and kneecaps deal, right? Like they were going to scrap, they were going to fight, they weren't going to go down easy, blah, 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 blah. It, it kind of did that today. Yep, they blew a double digit lead. You go down by four late in the game, but you scrap, you claw, you fight your way back, and you win the game. And in a, in a, in a place where, Today, I think the defense outplayed the offense. I think they were at least, you know, despite giving up points late in the game, they they made some plays to keep you in it. And so I think you got to give some credit where credit's due. 
But, you know, the other part in all of this watching this game, because Jared Goff has just been the he's been the the, the king of the dink and dunk. He's just throwing these little, uh, you know, uh, four yard, five yard crossers or just a, a little wheel route to to the the running back. I mean, it's just like that's been the passing game this season. Today, he's throwing like 25 yard passes and it feels like a Hail Mary. It feels like he's pushing it. 40 yards down the field. <laughs> so that at least it was nice to see throw the football, throw the football down the field. And, and you look for guys like TJ Hawkinson, you know, Josh Reynolds coming back is a help. Having him back is a help. And, and Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy who has slowly, you know, I think he's progressed this year. You know, Khalif Raymond is another guy that I think has progressed this year. But you still have one of the worst receiving cores in the league, but you got to push it down the field. You just have to. And in a day when you look at in the backfield and you got no DeAndre Swift, you're going to have to go with Jamal Williams, who fumbled the football for the first time in his professional career today. Over 700 snaps from the line of scrimmage. And... He'd never fumble the football before. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Lions hopped on top of it, so they didn't lose it, but he still coughed it up. So in a day when you don't have your your your, your RB1, what were you forced to do? And, and look, you know, Jamal had some nice runs today. It, it was an, it was a a decent compliment to, to, to keep the Vikings defense, you know, honest, but at the same time, Jared Goff had to push the ball down the field. He had to push it. He couldn't dink his and dunk his way to a win. You gotta push it. You gotta push it. And, and Jason, I don't know what it is. I don't know how many times this has to happen, especially at the pro level where, Lions have no timeouts the last, whatever it was, minute and a half of that game. Uh, And all all Minnesota has to do is make a stop. And they go into that silly prevent defense. Look, the Lions have struggled on offense this year. You, You had a propensity to get to Jared Goff today, right? Like you were in his grill all day. Why, why are you playing prevent now when you're, when you got a minute and a half left, you had a four point lead and the lines don't have any timeouts left. What is the, I don't understand and Why I believe defensive the, coordinators do this. They do it every single week. It's crazy. To well, me. their, their thought is to just guard the end zone, which is a lot easier said than done, but there was, there was one play on that last drive. The Vikings did send pressure and um, they were successful with it. So yeah, they should have, they should have went with it earlier in the drive, but the one, the, the, uh, the call on uh, the play call for the lions at their own 30 Mm -hmm. down to fourth and inches. Mm Mm-hmm. Jared Goff play action pass fumbles the football. Now, if the wow. Lions would have lost this game, yeah, you point to that. Boy, you point to that moment. 
double timeout last week, and then this moment this week. Uh, and by the way, uh, and before we go to break, that moment, um, and I want to say it was closing seconds of the second half, I believe. Um, when it was like second and three, and Jared Goff goes to the line, and he allows the play clock to expire. Yeah. Like, did he think it was – because I think they ended up settling for a field goal. But yeah. did he think it was, like, fourth down? And so they were just going to let the time expire, give themselves a little extra yard. It was second down. Yeah, not a good look for a veteran QB. And and I'm and and I and then they they pan to Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell looks disgusted. He, yeah, he looked disgusted. <laughs> and and then Jared Goff's like, "It's okay, guys." Like he was like, "It's cool." Like it's yeah, this is good. Nothing and to I'm see here. Like, Nothing to see uh, here. <laughs> what now? It's second and eight. Like I it it, it, I, I, it was truly it was like the R.J. Smith moment in yeah. the playoffs. Uh, and, and he like rebounds it from the free throw line and then like dishes it back out to the to center court and they're like no you got to shoot the hoop it's crazy it's crazy anyway lions get their first win today over over a divisional rival nonetheless it's pretty good uh i uh took a trip yesterday uh down to indianapolis uh and um we're gonna talk about that next because I want to talk to you about the game. I want to talk to you about the atmosphere. I want to talk to you about the whole situation. But there's a much bigger picture here that, that we got to get to. Plus, we're going to talk about Michigan State. Where are they going bowling? A lot to do here on Sports Rep. Don't go anywhere. Uh, it was a wild scene. A wild scene. Um. And look, 2004 is a long time ago. A long time ago. And Jim Harbaugh was brought to Michigan for one thing. He was brought here to win championships. He was brought here to compete at a national level. And after some Good seasons early on, 15, 16 certainly was a good year. Um, He had some bumps in the road. But last night, what happened down in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium, all of those bugaboos are gone. The Wolverines exercised a lot of demons last night. And they did it. And they did it in a way that is both adaptive to college football while sticking close to the roots of what football is. This is a ground and pound you out. They're going to just, I mean, they're going to beat you to a pulp in the trenches. And and they will just inevitably wear you down. That was the recipe that Jim Harbaugh used at Stanford. That was the recipe that the Cardinal used to beat the Trojans in L.A. That is the, that is Jim Harbaugh at the core. But then you mix in 
what Josh Gaddis has brought to the table. And 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 admittedly, the Josh Gaddis train finally has pulled into the station. After a couple of years of wondering where speed and space was, or wondering where you know that th- th- this this ability to use some of these guys uh, uh, that have you know speed to burn, uh, where has that been? Well, the train's in the station because Josh Gaddis is here. And I think going back even to the Maryland game, even to the Penn State game, heck, I mean, you go back to that Michigan State game, the play calling was good. It was good. And it's gotten better every single week. And, and, and here's the other part is you look at how that game shook out yesterday. Michigan winning their first Big Ten title in 17 years over Iowa, 42-3. to um, Michigan didn't even play particularly well. They didn't even play very well. I mean, you look at, at that first half, it was 14-3 to at the half. You had those two explosive plays you heard, the long Blake Corum run, and then the pass from Edwards for a touchdown, that those were the only plays. Those were the big plays. Everything else was, meh. It was very vanilla. It was very boring. They turned it on the second half, obviously. They poured it on. But at the same time, it was a very, I mean, this was not a very spirited, this was not Michigan, Ohio State. And it, to be fair to the Wolverines, it didn't have to be. They had to come out here and get the win. I, I didn't think they they would have any issue winning that football game. Zero. I didn't think they would only give up three points. I don't care how anemic Iowa is on offense. That's pretty impressive. And here's the other thing. Before we get to these matchups uh, for where these teams are playing in their uh, postseason bowl games. I think that college football needs to have a real hard look in the mirror. I think college football needs to have a really, they got to have a, 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 a coming to Jesus moment. Because as we sit today, is there a better player in college football than Aiden Hutchinson? Jason? Do you have a name you'd like to throw on, on onto the board here? <laughs> Is there a better football player in college football today than Aiden Hutchinson? Not in my opinion. Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best college. I mean, I would put him in the top 15 to 20 best college football players I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and look, I, I haven't, I, there are folks out there that have, thankfully for you have had a couple more uh, college season, uh, college football seasons to enjoy than I have uh, depending on how old you are. But, but for me, I mean, having watched a lot of really good, you know, Tim Tebow was a great college football player. Marcus Mariota, Derek Henry, 
Cam Newton, great college football players. And I'll tell you what, I'm not, I don't believe that Aiden Hutchinson will win the Heisman Trophy. I don't. But is he deserving of it? Yes. Will he be in New York? Maybe. I, but hope, I, I hope so. I really do. Hope I so. have I have seen him make plays that I have never seen before. And I'm talking about the Boses. I'm talking about Chase Young. I'm talking about some of the elite pat ru- pass rushers that have come out of college over the last few years. And, and, you know, high top five draft picks into the NFL. They don't do what Aiden Hutchinson does. And, and there were times yesterday. I mean, look. Honest to God, it it helps when you've got somebody like David Ajabo on the other side. That helps you. It it does. There's no doubt. If David Ajabo isn't there or if he isn't as productive as he is, does Aiden's numbers look like they do? I don't know. Probably not. Because to have that on the other side, when you've got a pair of rush ends, it's makes it, it, it it's you're playing with house money. It makes things so much easier. But I have I saw him last night make a play where he is getting double teamed on the left side of the line. They run to the right. The the running back comes over Goodson and tries to block Hutchinson. So now he had to go through three people and came across the formation and made a tackle. I mean, stop it. That's that's. We're getting into, you know, video game numbers here. Like, like uh, this should not be allowed to happen in real life. But if you're talking about the best college football player in college football, Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in college football. And I believe the coming to Jesus moment that college football needs to have is that the Heisman Trophy needs to start going to players who are the best player in college football, regardless of your position. We got to take a break. But coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about these bowl games. Michigan is in the playoffs. I'll tell you where they're seated, who they're playing, what the controversy was around that. I'll tell you what the other game is in the playoffs. Those have been released. And we're going to talk about Michigan State's trip to their bowl game. They're in a New York, a New Year's Day six. How about that for the Spartans? And they're going to have a familiar foe. We'll talk about it next. Uh, by the way, a couple of uh, the University of Michigan football team. Kudos to them for honoring Tate Meyer. Wonderful tribute. His family was at the game last night. They wore it back. They scored 42 points. Tate wore number 42 at Oxford when he was shot and killed in that horrific incident at Oxford High School. And, and by all accounts, Tate was running toward the gunfire to stop it when he got shot. So the Wolverines honored him and I believe uh, the patch that they had on their jerseys uh, number 42 
it was surrounded in the Oxford O and then it had four hearts for the four students who tragically lost their lives. I believe those will remain uh, throughout whatever games that they play from here on out. Um, the Lions also today and uh, certain members of the Vikings also honoring Tate Meyer. It's pretty cool. Um, so kudos to them. All right. Uh, a couple of other uh, housekeeping notes here. Um, there were some rumblings from the players yesterday at Indianapolis that one of the motivators that they had been using throughout the year, specifically over the last couple of weeks, but uh, aside from the, you know, how many days is it since you've beaten Ohio State and countdown clock to the game and the whole thing. Um, ESPN's FPI ratings came out back in April, mid-April. And the, the football power index, so it's a, a great, basically a grading system on the college football teams. Uh, ESPN gave Michigan a 2% chance of winning the Big Ten East. It gave them a 0.7% chance of winning the Big Ten and a 0.0% chance of making the college football playoff. 0.0. And much like Mel Tucker at Michigan State, where, you know, the, the goal this year was to just make a bowl game, um, Michigan also defied odds. So the players have said, look, that is something that we focused on, 2%. You gave us a 2% chance. We focused on that. That was our bulletin board material. But a 0.0% 0, 0. chance of make. how could you have no chance? Like, even... I'm no mathematician, but that can't be right. You can't have 0% chance. That's impossible. There's 130, what, two teams in you know D1 college football? Like, you have a chance. It's maybe unlikely, but to say that there is a 0% chance uh, feels like defies mathematics. I mean, if you're, um, if you're Jacksonville State... Some school like that, but not Michigan, right? I I wouldn't. Does Jackson State have a Z? I, Jackson State does. I don't think that they I don't know. Want. <laughs> but my point is, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, Tulsa. Like, does right. Tulsa have a shot? No. But even Tulsa doesn't have a 0.0% chance of making the college football playoff. That's impossible. It can't be 0.0. It just can't be. Again, I don't know anything about math. I'm lucky I know what 2 plus 2 is. But. I just to me, I don't think that's right. Either Actually, way, you know who did have a zero percent chance of winning the college football playoff or getting there this year? Hayden Fox's Minnesota State Screaming Eagles. Zero point zero percent chance. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, because that was because that was that was a fictional character from Coach. Is that what? Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second here. Uh, what was the name of the team? The Minnesota State Screaming Eagles. Okay, I, 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 you almost had me here. I've been up <laughs> since very early in the morning, Jason. You almost. I had me. a feeling you didn't get it right you away. You almost got me. You almost got me. Um. All right. Here's the deal. Now Michigan's in the playoffs. They're in. All right. Here's the pecking order. You've got Alabama at number one, Michigan at number two, 
Georgia slides down to number three after they got, uh, you know, bounced by Alabama. And then Cincy at number four. So Cincinnati making some history getting in. I think it's wrong. I don't think they deserve it. I don't think that they should be in. But here we are. Now, you look at how things were shaking out Saturday. And there were questions. Alabama blitzes Georgia. So you know Georgia's won't be able to occupy number one anymore. So then you start wondering. Michigan needed to pour on the points. And there was video from the broadcast that I've seen uh, of Jim Mouthing. We have the opportunity to be the number one seed before they punched in that last touchdown at the goal line to, to go up 42 to three. And so that was their mindset too. They knew Georgia lost and they knew that they had an opportunity, but to have that opportunity, unfortunately with the way college football is, you got to pour it on. You got to score boatloads of points. And that's what Michigan did. You beat a team by 39 points. That's a drubbing. But alas, the committee and, you know, Gary Barda is the chairman of the college football committee this year. Uh, Jason, do you know which school Gary Barda is the AD for? I do not. The Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. I'm not saying that he's salty that his Wolverines laid it on against his Hawkeyes. Just an observation. That's all. Um, But Gary Barda came out and said, look, Alabama winning that game is and and beating Georgia the way that they did is impressive. So Alabama gets the nod at number one over Michigan. I had just kind of assumed that Michigan was going to just slide up to number one. Alabama slides up to number two. Georgia probably falls to three or four. I assumed three. And then since he comes in at number four. Now, with all of that being said, um, I think there's a couple of things here. Number one, it just seemed like even as the Big Ten championship game was going on, I was texting some people and we were talking and, and I said, look, it just feels like Michigan's going to get Georgia. If Michigan moves to number one, they'll put Georgia at number four. If Michigan stays pat at number two, then I think they put Georgia at three. Like, I don't, and, and I don't care what Gary Barta says. He came out at the announcement today on ESPN and said, look, the idea that we don't want to have, you know, an SEC matchup, the one that we just played today, to, you know, run it back again in the playoffs is, we don't, that doesn't matter to us. If, if, if it lays itself out that Alabama and Georgia would play them, would play each other again, then that's how it would be. I call complete baloney on that. I don't believe that they want that at all. I think that they would rather have an all SEC championship. I don't think that they want to have Georgia and Alabama beat up on each other. I just don't. I don't. I don't. It's my opinion. And if you, if you, if you disagree, 800-859-0957, I just don't. To me, it doesn't make sense. I don't care what they say. I think that's 
I think that's their mindset. So Michigan holds Pat at number two, and they draw Georgia. They're going to go to the Orange Bowl to take on uh, Georgia in Miami. That's one of the semifinal games. The other one, Cincy, Bama, Cotton Bowl down to Texas. So that's your playoff. Uh, Having Michigan in is refreshing. Having any of these new teams in is refreshing. Having Cincinnati in, look, I'm all about the social experiment. Let's run it. Because if Cincinnati, look, Cincinnati's been talking a big game all year. All year. They had a nice season last year. They they continued things into the 2021 season. They go undefeated. You beat two ranked teams all year. One just in the championship game Saturday. And then it's a lot of talking. So look, I'm all about the social experiment. If you can go, you know, lay it on to Bama, let's do it. I want to see it. But until that, I just, I don't believe Cincinnati belongs. It's just, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, Michigan, Georgia, I think, I think that Michigan matches up against anybody. I do. I think that they played a pretty conservative game against Iowa and look, Putting up 42 against Iowa, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't think that that makes or breaks where you're at in your in your development of this program and, and this team right now. I will say that I think that they didn't play their best game. Like, really, I, you know, judging that from to Ohio State, it's not even close. It's not even comparable. So for me, Michigan not playing their best game, hanging up 42 on a top 10 defense, I'll take that. And even still, they can be more physical in the trenches. They can be more physical along that offensive front. They can be more physical on that defensive line and those linebackers and Dax Hill coming up to to blitz off the edge. They can be more physical than what they showed on Saturday. And much like Ohio State and a lot of the guys said, look, they're human too. And we proved it. I think that the same thought process, that same, you know, a way of approaching this can apply here. I think they can hang with anybody. Do I believe that they would win? Do I, do I believe that they would knock off Alabama or Georgia? I don't know. But can they hang with them? It's not a write-off. Yeah, I think they can hang with them. All right, I'll tell you what. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll do some more uh, college football stuff on the other side. It was a a just a wonderful day of of championship uh, championship Saturday football. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. So we'll talk about that. We'll get you updated on a couple scores in the NFL, uh, and uh, we'll get you ready for the gridiron wrap coming up at seven oh five, right here on WJR. Sean Belegian. Uh, of course, uh, driving that ship. And uh, I know that they got a good show coming up too. So uh, don't go anywhere. More sports wrap next here on WJR. Uh, I didn't get to my until about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, I didn't fall asleep till about 3.30. Uh, my first alarm went off at about 5.45. Uh, and I was on the road by about 6.45. Uh, it was the longest trip back 
from Indianapolis I've ever experienced. But uh, we finally made it back after what was, um, you know, uh, my first trip to Indy for a Big Ten championship game. And, um, you know, first of all, what a what a barn Lucas Oil is. What a fantastic venue that place is. Um, but it was a very, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a couple people and they said the Hawkeye crowd, the Hawkeye fans had been there kind of all weekend. Like they came in uh, late Thursday, Friday, and then kind of had stayed and, and then we're going to stay Sunday. It felt like Michigan fans kind of came in like in just droves, like late Friday, uh, early Saturday. And then, like, they're out. Uh, like, it was a quick trip for Michigan fans. Where Iowa fans were staying. I'll tell you, Sean, in that stadium, it, it felt like it was a 70-30 kind of split between Michigan fans. I mean, there was a distinct advantage for, for Wolverine uh, fans there. Yeah, you know what? You could tell watching it on television. And, and, Chris, it's funny. That's what I regret in the two times at Michigan State three times Michigan State was there. I didn't get a chance to go. Uh, I I never got a chance to go to the the Big Ten championship game. And, you know, I made up for it. I I got a chance to go out to the Rose Bowl. I always said, boy, when that opportunity presents itself, and that that was awesome. But, I I mean, just dominant. Just dominant. I mean, the the way this team has come on uh, during the course of the year, I brought this up the other day, Chris, and I know for, for people out there, you know, Chris, you're you're obviously a professional, but you're a big Michigan fan. I think people know that. And um, yeah. I wanted to run this by you. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the Nebraska game in mm-hmm. particular this year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they were talking about after the game was this was a game in years gone by. We lose this game. And, and honest to God, when I heard that quote, I was like, Wow, they're absolutely right. Now, it wasn't all roses from that point on because obviously they lost that game and they had, you know, the little struggle with Penn State. But that was the first time to me, Chris, where I sat back and said, maybe this is different. Maybe this Michigan team is different because now, you know, it's funny. I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends and please don't take this disrespectfully, but a lot of Michigan fans get it now. They get it. And what I mean by that is there's been so much talk. I mean, from sure. Rich Rod to, to Brady oh. Hoke to during the sure. Harbaugh era. And, and now it's like, now that they've done it, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now and things like that. That was the first time this year, honestly, where I thought to myself, maybe this team is different this year. So it's funny you point to, because I, I have two moments this year where I said, oh, this team's legit. Like, they're for real. One was that Nebraska game where I had flashbacks to Iowa Kinnick Stadium 2016. They're winning in that game. They lead for most of the game. Iowa comes back late. Uh, uh, They take the lead. Michigan retakes the lead. Iowa drives down the field at the end of the game, kicks a field goal, and wins the the football game. And and they couldn't get a stop. They couldn't stop Iowa. And, and, you know, Iowa did what Iowa does. And they use their tight ends. They run the football and, and... and they won the football game. And looking back, that was a tough pill to swallow because that was the same year of the JT Bear uh, spot and the whole thing. And if they would have won that game against Iowa, that Ohio State game didn't matter. They were going to Indy anyway. So 
that was frustrating. So when I'm watching that Nebraska game, I'm I'm going through I'm having the same feelings that I had it at at that game in 2016. Well, they were not they only they they took the lead, they forced an Adrian Martinez fumble and they won the football game. And I was like, okay. And then Cade said that at the end of the game, usually we lose this game. But then same situation a few weeks later at Penn state and happy Valley, uh, generally a a raucous crowd, but you had a noon kick. So it wasn't as bad. And, uh, and same thing in in a situation where they fall behind late, they lose those games. They won them both this year. And, and after both of those games, I had the same thought and, and the same kind of epiphany, like, Oh, maybe they are. They've been telling us they're different. We've been, we've heard that before though. We've been down that road. Um, but maybe this team is a little different and, and, and different is an understatement. They are vastly different from what these Michigan teams have been in the, in the last five, six years under Jim Harbaugh. They have a whole kind of new identity where they're mixing in a lot of the Stanford stuff successfully because they've got the horses up front that can pull the sled. But at the same time, um, you're you're seeing some of the speed and space stuff that Josh Gaddis talked about when he got there. So now we're getting this hybrid of old and new school football, and and I think from an offensive perspective, that's where they've been successful. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, I mean, the shock and awe early to start that game, you know, the big play capabilities yeah. and everything, it, it yeah. it's been outstanding. I mean, there's no, I don't care who you root for, you got to give a tip of the cap the way they turned it on. And you know, I heard you in the previous segment. I I hate. It's it's so 20th century college football thinking, and I've had arguments with so many of the old school guys about this. I'm tired of hearing what we think we know. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm with you. Do I think that Alabama is, is going to beat Michigan or beat Cincinnati or beat whomever? I do. But the one thing that I've learned over the years is – Think doesn't count. Think always nope. doesn't play itself out. And and that is how college football has been run for so darn long. It drives me yep. out of my mind, Chris. Well, we can't put this team in there because surely they would get their butts kicked. And it's like, come on with that type of stuff. I can cite so many examples off the top of my head where we thought we knew for sure what was going to happen. One yep. of Ohio State's championships come to mind. I mean, they yep. were supposed to get clobbered by Miami. It was like, a 17 point spread. And uh, Hey, that's why we play the football games. Uh, you have to win the conference. Uh, you punch yep. that ticket in, in Michigan's there right now. So we'll see uh, what happens. What do you got coming up next real quick? Uh, we're going to talk uh, about, obviously a lot about Michigan, about Michigan state. We're going to touch on um, the Oxford situation. Bill has a, a very unique uh, situation. He's very familiar uh, with oh, that geez. area. So, and uh, well, the Lions won a game today, so we're going to get into Look that as that. well. How about that? Uh, all right, Gridiron Wrap coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Sean Belegian, good to see you, my friend. Thank Take you. Take care, buddy. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we will see you next weekend. Have a good week.